Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Support for Off the Walls comes from Janice Henderson Investors, celebrating more than 89 years of helping clients with their financial goals. Janice Henderson, investing in a brighter future together. Janice Henderson. Support for Off the Walls comes from Credit Union of Colorado, offering a 15-month certificate of deposit with a 5.85% return. Learn more at cuofco.org slash cd. Credit Union of Colorado is banking members can trust. I got to do this fire. I have to figure out mainly this color and this color. David Osolo-Garcia is trying to mix just the right shade of yellow for part of his mural. Yellows are actually very tricky colors. They might be similar, but they might not. I gotta see. Let me test it. Wow. I think that'll work. Look at that. David isn't painting a new mural. He's bringing the first mural he ever painted back to life. It's really bizarre. That's not very, like, common, you know? It's like, you're always going to evolve, generally speaking, with your paintings, you know? But you're never going to want to, like, go back to the beginning and say, I want to paint like this again. And it's just kind of surreal that way. But that's what I'm having to do, which is challenging. (laughs) David isn't afraid of a creative challenge. He was raised with the mindset that you don't give up. This mural is something he hasn't given up on even when it seemed like it was lost. This is Off the Walls, a new podcast from Denverite and Colorado Public Radio about the stories and the people behind Denver street art. I'm Emily Williams. I'm Kibway Cooper. On this show, we're introducing you to the artists and communities who created and inspired these larger-than-life pieces of art. In our last episode, we learned about how the community mural movement in Denver got started and why Chicano murals in Denver are considered endangered historic places. The concerns about losing these murals aren't in the past. And there's maybe no one in Denver who knows that better than David Osolo Garcia. He's the first artist we know of in Colorado who's had a mural painted over and actually set out to bring it back. That's different from just putting up something new. It's it's hopeful to see something that has been covered up now be back. On a pretty busy street in Denver's Sun Valley neighborhood, David was hard at work doing the restoration. Storm clouds threatened rain, but David was in his element. His hair was tucked back in a bandana, and the bottom of his gray t-shirt was covered in all different colors, from wiping off the ends of his paintbrushes. How are you? Nice to meet you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for making it out. Yeah, how are things going? Good. We're getting real close now. Yeah, about how much do you have left? Oh, maybe a few hours. 
Wow. Yeah, a few hours. And then, I don't know, depending on the weather, I still have to do the clear coat. I've done, you know, over 25 murals across the country at this point. But people always talk about this one in a real, like, different way, you know. And I don't know. It, again, it was my very first one. I didn't know what I was doing, actually. I didn't. I just was on pure instinct and intuition. Like, I wasn't a painter of any sorts, necessarily. I just thought I could do something like this, you know. And so I just did it. <laughs> I just did it. I just did it. And uh, But it's been amazing journey it really it started you know it was like the what started me on my journey as a public artist was this mural in his studio which is filled with paintings drawings sculptures i noticed something a small photo hanging on the wall who is that that's actually my mother i actually just put that up not that long ago because i ha i found it here and i know i just like having her in the studio i guess uh, she she's no longer uh she's passed on you know but uh i like uh i'm fascinated by facial structure and features and things and I know I look a lot like my mother but so it's like this exploration of your what you you look like like your own face David's mother was a big influence on him. He was the youngest of nine children and had an especially close bond with her. I grew up in uh, East Denver, area called Park Hill. So I was actually born there. My, my parents moved here from Mexico, uh, I think in like 76. You know, we, we were a very traditional Mexican family. My mother, she was like always cooking, you know. And so my house was always in movement, always could smell the foods, you know. You know, waking up and you could smell tamales. I had this real co close connection with my mom, you know. She suffered from uh, r rheumatoid arthritis ever since I was born. I would try to take care of her as much as I could. I was her personal helper, you know, I was the youngest kid. She was just an amazing person, you know, and uh, strong. And she, it, what was fascinating, because she was really tiny, actually. She was only like four foot something. I mean, she was tiny. But her strength and her wisdom was powerful, man. And so my mom instilled that in me, you know, um, that energy that she had. David got his resilience from his mother, and his father helped inspire his love for art and his curiosity about culture. One of the significant things was my father, how much of an artist he was. You know, I, I consider him a folk artist now. But he was always very creative. And like, even though he worked in construction, he was always making things, I remember. A lot of things he made was very almost like primitive, tribal-looking things. I think he... he he was always fascinated by that, and he always had um, National Geographic books. I used to love looking through those books because I was just fascinated by like the world that we live in. I remember specifically the books, they were called uh, codices, Mexican codices. So well, these are just archeological codices that they found basically, and they had all these little characters. There's like 
things that look like creatures and then people dressed up in different things and masks and I started drawing a lot of those characters on my own and then interestingly something else happened while I was doing that it was more like unconscious where I just started scribbling a lot and creating my own like designs in the scribbles it was just like it was like lighting a fire I think on the field you know it just took off like fast and I was just obsessed with it, drawing and art and things. Drawing those designs made David realize he wanted to be an artist. He was into all kinds of art, but he really found a love for sculpture. And years later, as an adult, he was working at a sculpting studio in Sun Valley when he saw some new neighbors were moving into the building next door. They were going to open a community center. It was very much embracing the the Latino community, you know, the Chicano community, things like that. And so being that that's my heritage, you know, I'm Mexican, it, it, it was really like a good formula. And what, what, what happened was is that they offered, you know, because they were new, they're like, would you, would you consider doing a mural on our building, you know, that highlights our community center that talks about what we do here? And I was like, sure, you know. Just going with the flow. (laughs) But he was a sculptor. He had no idea how to make a mural. But the idea of making one excited him. And there was so much creative freedom. When we created the mural, it was like we have this blank slate. David says Adriana Lujan is the magic maker for Sisters of Color. That's who was opening the community center next door. When I met her, Adriana was wearing pretty blue beaded earrings and a shirt with a word in Spanish that roughly translates to badass in English. There's this wall in this industrial part of Denver because back in the day, you know, that part of Federal and like 8th Avenue was just all warehouses and, you know, the school buses, but it wasn't like a very community friendly space. We were pretty much trying to create a beautiful, safe space amidst the industry and, you know, smog of Denver. We definitely wanted the the mural to be representative of culture because our organization is a cultural arts and wellness organization. And also because we talk about the historical and the indigenous practices of people from the Americas, um, from all of the Americas, you know, duality, maternalness, all of those things are representative of our communities. So he was given some ideas, some light frameworks. We had a couple community meetings. He did some sketches and we were just like, let's buy paint and make this happen. So with those ideas from the community swirling in his head, culture, duality, family, David got to work. He dug into his Mexican-American heritage, to the characters from the codices that had inspired him as a kid, and to his own family. He designed a mural full of color and symbolism. To David, art is energy. And he believes the symbols he uses are powerful. And as he was setting up to paint the mural on the blank wall, a strange thing happened. Right before I started painting, It was just a perfectly sunny day, and I had one of my big ladders against the wall, and I was just getting ready to start drawing, I think. And out of nowhere is this gust of air, just one. Not It wasn't a windy day. This gust of air came and grabbed the ladder and threw it across the parking lot. 
think he landed on my truck or something. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, where did this come from? It wasn't because it was windy out, you know. I think it was something saying, you know, just making me acknowledge that this is very powerful, you know, like what you're gonna do, what you're gonna do here is very powerful. And like, just so that I'm aware of what I'm using, the symbols and all that, they can be very powerful. Did that scare you at all? No, I never got scared, no. Mm -mm. He started painting. He painted by instinct and a mural emerged bursting with color, energy, and symbolism. The murals called Huitzilopochtli, the hummingbird warrior. In David's mural, Huitzilopochtli is a baby. He's in the center of the mural, but he doesn't feel like the main character of the piece. Instead, your eye is drawn toward the person holding him, his mother. In, in the stories, it says that Huitzilopochtli was born from Coatlicue. And so in the story, you'll see the female figure, Coatlicue, holding a baby, which is Huitzilopochtli. And that's honoring that direction, that tradition in the story. It's like one day, this baby will be someone big. Huitzilopochtli means hummingbird warrior. But he couldn't be the hummingbird warrior without his mother. David modeled Quadlique after someone he knows very, very well. The four-foot-nothing person with big strength and wisdom. His own mother. I just always wanted to honor her and I was like, because I, I knew I was doing something that might be important. I was like, if, if I ever have the opportunity, I'm going to start there. felt real compelled and proud to be able to do that and like showing my obsession and love for her. <laughs> That's what it was about. Shortly after the mural was finished, his mom passed over. And so that mural just became really, you know, if you look at her feet, she's she's walking in in the light and in the dark. She's working in in, in life and death. You know, it was a beautiful thing. And that was so much about what we do as people of color in this community is we're always walking in two worlds. It was exactly what the community needed at the time that it was being put up. David is glad his mother's inspiration resonates with the community. One of the things my mother taught me, you know, and she, she used to always say, I'm not going to let it beat me when things go out real rough and hard. So she instilled that in me. And so I, always, I still use that, you know, I was like, if something gets difficult, I, I just tell myself, I'm not going to let this beat me. The whole idea that, you know, you just don't let things beat you, that is just, I can't even find the words to describe how important that is and how important it is for your mother, who knows you better than everybody, to empower you in that way. I resonate a lot with the tenacity that his mom sounds like she had and instilled in him yeah. that as a grown man, he's still borrowing confidence that she that she modeled for him. When I went to his studio and spotted that picture of his mother, I didn't realize in that moment how important his mother was, not just to him, but she is the center of this mural. 
Like wow. that is her. When you look at that, he painted that um, using his mother's image as his mother's his mother's face. She's the center of of all of it. That is so great. David finished the Huitzilopochtli mural in 2007. It was such a soul-filling experience for him that murals became a big part of his career. Since that first one, he's painted about 25. But murals don't sit in a gallery or a museum. They're in the real world. And so are people with access to plain white paint and roller. That's after the break. Hey, it's Kibway. I wanted to let you know about a collaboration we're doing with Apple Maps. It's a guided tour of the murals and special places you've heard about in the show. To check it out, go to apple.co slash off the walls. You'll find a guide to some of the coolest public art in Colorado and photos of the murals we talk about in Off the Walls. That's apple.co slash off the walls. Support for Off the Walls comes from Janice Henderson Investors, celebrating more than 89 years of helping clients with their financial goals. Janice Henderson, investing in a brighter future together. JaniceHenderson.com. About a decade after David painted the Huitzilopochtli mural, Adrina and the Sisters of Color were faced with a difficult decision. This was kind of when, like, there was a lot of changes and shifts going on. And, you know, we served underserved and underinsured community folks. So as there is this gigantic economic boom going on in Denver, a lot of the communities that we served really didn't have access to any of any of the the wealth building potential of those of those times. Um, so we really had to choose, do we, you know, do we shut our doors or do we figure out another way to work? And so we left the space. The center moved to another location and rented out the Sun Valley building, which they owned, to a marijuana dispensary business. Even though the organization had moved, Adrina said they'd made it very clear that the art on the building wasn't to be messed with. We had had explicit, you know, instructions not to touch any of the artwork. When Adriana's organization rented out the building, the lease stated that the mural is part of the building and should not be removed. I think that that was a really important, you know, part was that, you know, we we had actually known from the very beginning that no matter what, our art was going to stay intact. But one day in the spring of 2020... David's and Adrina's phones were both flooded with calls and messages. So someone called me right away and they said, someone just painted over your mural. I think I got another two calls, like a little bit after that, you know, because people are watching it. I'm like, oh my God. And so I was a little shocked and surprised. My only response was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to repaint it. Don't worry about it. I'll repaint it. (laughs) You know, I'm going to repaint it and it'll be back. David immediately went to that mantra from his mother, I'm not gonna let it beat me. He was sure he would bring the mural back. But this mural wasn't just his. A lot of people were affected when that wall was covered up in white paint without any warning 
or permission. Yes, it's David's mural, but it was also a community mural. You know, the ability for us to create safe space was kind of like very violated. Everybody was already starting to feel numb from everything that was going on socially and politically. We had been going through all of the you know, the protests during BLM, and there was so much that was going on. And this was like one of the last straws for me personally. There was already so much going on with sadness in the world. And it was like, oh, this is just another example of, you know, predatory development, another example of people not respecting the culture of Denver and the art that has been created and manifested in in Denver. And like so many other kind of like broken treaties, you know, it was like, okay, this was dishonored. And now how are we going to fix this and remediate this? Like David, she knew this had to be made right. But she also knew it wasn't going to be an easy process. There were legal issues, questions from the community, and lots and lots of phone calls. You know, it ranged from like, how do we respond? And then also, how do we respond during a pandemic when, you know, normally we would organize differently. People are like, do we show up? Do we just show up like 100 people deep? Like, how do we do this? It was it was a lot. It was a lot of people, but we always have to make sure that we stand up for ourselves and our communities. Meanwhile, David was trying to figure out how exactly to bring the mural back. At first, he thought he would just repaint it. But then, Lucha Martinez de Luna proposed an idea. Lucha, the activist and archaeologist and daughter of Emmanuel Martinez, who we met in our first episode, had learned from an organization in L.A. that there was maybe another option. Why would we just have a white wall where there's a mural behind it, just paint right over it again? We have all of the tools to bring it back like how it originally was. So we take advantage of that. Instead of repainting the mural, they would remove the white paint, revealing David's original mural underneath. Several chemicals that you combine in different amounts that you apply to the wall as almost like a gel with the brush. And the technique is you have to have the right amount of chemicals mix and leave it on a right amount of time. And then what you do is you power wash it off. So what it does is that this chemical lifts the primer or whatever you don't want and leaves the art underneath from doing that. That's very complicated to do. We tested it a few times and it was a little, it made me real nervous. And I was like, man, Finally, it was just one of those things where like, I'm gonna try this, this mix, this time, this technique. And so I tried one last try, put the chemical on there and let it sit for a second, power wash it off. And it came off like, like magic. Like, like we just wiped it off like nothing. And I was like, this is it. I think we got it. And I was like, yes, (laughs) it actually is working. And it just, I got really excited because I was like, can't believe we're cleaning this, you know, and it, you know, being the, you know, this has never happened before in Colorado, you know. David finished that first part of the restoration, removing all the white paint to reveal his mural underneath last year in 2022. That meant he had two things left to do. Restore the mural's color by painting back over any parts that were damaged 
and sealing it all with a protective coat. In the last couple of hours of this long restoration process, as David was almost finished painting over the few remaining parts of the mural, he felt transported back in time. Kind of sad in a way, too, because it's been like this, like, uh, journey back into my past. And, and so if you start remembering your life or something, you know, things that happened, it's like uh, you kind of bring that back with you, you know? It's like memories, really. So it's kind of interesting that that's the case. And so... I'm happy that people are going to be able to see this again the way they saw it before and, 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 and just be happy that I got it done, you know. That's what's happening here is we're fixing it. We're getting it done. So what I'll do is I'll put a blue in there. Because that blue is nice. All I have to do is work on that outline. That outline. Can you believe how close I am now? So close. It's crazy. As he painted, storm clouds were gathering overhead. I was like in complete like crazy paint mode. Thick, touch up, touch up, touch up. And now this is like, I have to relax now, you know? Breathe and let the brush do the talking. <laughs> A little bit of raindrops and it's still, it's, it's okay. But you're, you're so close, too. Oh, my God. Oh, I just got one right in my eyeball. Go, little brush, go. <laughs> and then, just as he was putting a few of the last brush strokes on the wall, the rain switched from a trickle to a downpour. He snatched up his paint and brushes and we ran to take shelter inside the sculpture studio that's still next door. That was pretty good timing though. Was, real good. I mean, I'm like maybe a few minutes from being fully done. I feel like I kept my promise, <laughs> you know. I could never assume why somebody would feel okay painting over someone else's art and creation. But I also understand that people are very disconnected from their spiritual selves and are disembodied from feeling like they're part of the whole or part of a community. And so, you know, I think for me personally, that kind of set off a series of events that really reminded me of like challenges can be can be a beautiful thing if you can get through them and so I think for me and for everybody that got to see that be restored or got to see some type of justice I think that was important because people needed a win in community but we also need the beauty it's amazing that a mural could be reborn you don't think you hear that a lot it could be repainted. It could be unveiling and you know amazing, you know, purpose and beautiful art. But a rebirth—that's a different thing, and that's what this is doing. You know, that's exciting to me. I mean, if I mean, I'm thinking more like philosophical here. But if that was the only thing I've ever made and it got to make, I'm happy.
What do you think about this idea of challenges maybe being a beautiful thing if you can get through them? Oh, man. Listen, adversity marks the spot. Those are the things that define your life. You know, the hard stuff you did. Nobody cares about the easy stuff you did. They want to know about the hard stuff you did. And if you don't like adversity and you don't like to push through things like his mom did, you know, she that's just her mantra. I'm not letting this beat me. You know, it's got to be bigger and badder than that. I'm not going to do it. You know, I just, I love that. I think with this too, it's almost like because it was painted over, because they did have this task to bring it back, there is this this whole beautiful thing that happened in the process. Yeah. He got to birth it twice, you know, like that's wild. It sounds like a soul-filling experience. Difficult. Yeah. But a very soul-filling experience. I'm I'm happy for him. I'm so proud of the community for raising their voice and saying something. And that doesn't always happen. And then, after the community witnessed the life and death of their mural, they finally got to witness its rebirth. On a hot evening in late July, dozens of people gathered at the mural to celebrate. Oh, I'm so excited right now. I'm just like, this is just so awesome. We got music. Some people that were here when we first unveiled it are here too. and Very emotional, you know, trying to keep it together. <laughs> What's up, Carlos? <laughs> So this is Carlos Castaneda, like he's uh, going to be doing the blessing today from a dance group, or Grupo Tlalo. Behind Carlos, you can hear the sound of the traditional shakers were wearing around their ankles as they gathered in the parking lot next to the mural. We are preserving the ways of our, the, our ancestors, the Mexica people, Azteca people. Our role here is to, to educate and preserve these ancient ways. So we're going to be here today to, to do a blessing through, with the dances, the ancient dances. As an artist myself, you know, to see somebody uh, cover up this mural and to, to see that you can revive it, it's just amazing that, that we know now that if this would happen again, that there's a way to bring it back. The dancers in the group were a range of ages, including some younger teens. The mural was painted before 13-year-old Tonatio was born. It was an immovable part of his world, until it wasn't. I just heard that it was painted over um, with white paint, and we just thought that was like disrespectful. Uh, I feel like it's powerful. Even if it gets torn down or painted over, it'll still come back. Seeing this, it's not only like it's not only like paint on a wall. It's like um, it's like culture on a wall. So, and that's meaningful. I'm excited about the new generation that are going to say, oh, this is the mural that was reborn. This is the mural that got painted over. That's the future, you know. The, the children are the future, so this is, the, this is going to be their mural now. You can find and visit Huitzilopochtli at 2895 West 8th Avenue. You can see photos of the mural on CPR.org. There's a link in the show notes. To learn more about the Chicano Murals of Colorado project, visit ChicanoMuralsOfColorado.com. We're the hosts of Off the Walls. I'm Emily Williams. And I'm Kibway Cooper. 
This episode was written and reported by Emily Williams. It was mixed by me, Kibway Cooper. Our editor is Joe Erickson. Brad Turner is our executive producer. Off the Walls is a production of Denverite and Colorado Public Radio, part of the NPR Network. Support for Off the Walls comes from Janice Henderson Investors, celebrating more than 89 years of helping clients with their financial goals. Janice Henderson, investing in a brighter future together. JaniceHenderson.com. Support for Off the Walls comes from Credit Union of Colorado, offering a new Visa Signature credit card with 2% cash back rewards on all purchases. Credit Union of Colorado is banking members can trust. More at cuofco.org slash signature. Hey, it's Kibway. I wanted to let you know about a collaboration we're doing with Apple Maps. It's a guided tour of the murals and special places you've heard about in the show. To check it out, go to apple.co slash off the walls. You'll find a guide to some of the coolest public art in Colorado and photos of the murals we talk about in Off the Walls. That's apple.co slash off the walls.